0: I uh, interest you in a stamp. Yeah, give me a stamp. Oh. No, give me a purple one. Oh, I'm sorry, we haven't any purple ones. I could uh, paint one for you. I don't want a painted one. Person hasn't got any rights in this country anymore. The government even tells you what color stamps you got to buy.
1: Live from the Stamp Show Here Today infotainment complex, this is the award-winning Stamp Show Here Today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. This is episode number 399. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a non-profit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. You can support this witless tosh by joining the Stamp Show Here Today community. The cost is only $10 for a lifetime membership. And we should remind people that you can call yourself a lord or a lady if you are a member. We are an APS-affiliated club. Listen to the end credits for information on joining. This is Lord Cash.
0: This is High Towel Attendant Mark. Uh, This is
1: Lord Excelsior Jim. Hold on, hold on. Lord, what, what, what are you? High Towel Attendant. Towel? Yes.
0: Towel Attendant. Towel Attendant. Yes. Like in a locker room. Yeah, it, 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 it's a form of, of address, yeah. Oh, okay.
1: okay.
2: Is it, is it royal, <laughs> though?
1: Well, a follow-up on uh, last week, because we were so prepared. The Kelleher Connection. It is a quarterly magazine. It has great articles, like the last one had uh, a story on the Sequoia chief, philately of petroleum, history of president... Belgian Congo—it's general stuff. In addition to that, there is a lot of stuff on auction marketing, the state of the market, etc. I strongly suggest everybody uh, subscribe to it. It is a great magazine. It is twenty nine dollars and ninety five cents a year. I also didn't know—I didn't know how much it costs. I didn't also know how to get a hold of it, and uh, you can call them up. That's the easiest thing. 203-830-2500. Say, hi, I want to subscribe to the magazine. They'll take a credit card and you're done. Or you can go to kelleherauctions.com and click on subscribe now under the magazine tab. Again, a great magazine. uh, And I am colored because I am one of the contributors. And uh, so that is that.
2: Hmm. You, you might you forgot to mention that the, uh, the SMQ is published in that quarterly also.
1: Yes, if you want to get the SMQ, that's where it is now. Again, it's not a published book anymore because expenses are what they are. So today, actually, it was yesterday. Um, I got a news feed on the. U.S. post office cracking down, finally, supposedly. And this ties into what we talked about last time of uh, Shadow Deals, which is the larger seller of counterfeit stamps that I have seen having their blowout sale. And now it kind of makes more sense because uh, the post office is cracking down. Uh, Interesting, the lead story... Was it a Chinese national? So it turns out it wasn't Canada. It wasn't Canada? After all
2: this, it wasn't Canada. Uh, We have egg on our face.
1: (laughs) Chinese national arrested in federal case alleging massive scheme that shipped millions of packages with counterfeit postage. Supposedly $60 million lost. Out of Walnut, California. Whoa. And uh, her name, if you had any doubt, was uh, Lijuan Chen, a very non-Canadian name. Hmm. But uh, this was interesting because, and again, we're going to go into postage in a little bit. This person ran like a warehouse and they were doing shipping. They were a fulfillment service. And so what they they weren't counterfeiting postage stamps; they were counterfeiting postage meters. And so they said that she defrauded. Her husband, by the way, was questioned by the police and immediately got on a plane and flew back to China. <laughs> so he, he's he's gone. He goes, "Hey, honey, uh, sayonara." Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, that's Japanese. Yeah. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. <coughs> $60 million over six months, just six months. So that's uh, that's a lot of packages. Yes. Then the uh, post office said they're also cracking down on mail theft because I guess people are stealing things out of mailboxes. So now they have a more high-security mailbox that they're putting out. And what interests us, and I will read directly Defeating counterfeit postage. The post office and the postal inspection service seized with more than $7.7 million worth of counterfeit stamps on them. That is, uh, that's a lot. Yeah, they're finally cracking down. So I don't know if they'll crack down on letters because, again, that's what, like, Shadow deals deals in. Right. But uh, the... This is packages, so, you know, whatever. Uh, they're working with the Customs and Border Protection. Oh, I wonder why. I guess they're not printed in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shock of shocks. Uh, they are in the process of shutting down e-commerce sites that sell counterfeit postage. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's only five years too late. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, reviewing of shipping, uh, I, I have no idea what this means, reviews of shipments on postal service docks and during warehouse outreach visits, whatever that is. So uh, they're at least putting it in paper form, or <laughs> at least writing it down that they're going to crack down on this stuff. This, yeah, this and It
0: appears is, they've actually made some progress.
1: Yeah.
2: At the expense of clarity here, th- does this remind you of anything about the delayed reaction to the balloon, <laughs> <laughs> except this one has taken years,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah well, again, the balloon was an interesting one because uh, everybody said, "Whoa, you know what 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 could they possibly be doing? It's like they're delivering balloon mail, yeah, yeah, they oh, wouldn't that be great." <laughs>
2: Maybe they were delivering these stamps to that outreach center. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big chunk of stamps,
1: and that's only on packages. That's not even on letters.
2: Yeah, and it's it's also o- the only the ones that they did intercept, so who knows what's out there.
0: Yeah, it makes sense that the USPS would go after packages because um, individual people hardly send letters anymore. So, um So it would make sense that the primary purchasers of counterfeit postage would be businesses.
1: Yeah. And uh, like I but like I've said in the past, you know, I contacted some of these places to say, can I get priority mail and uh, express mail stamps? And they basically said, no, we don't have them or something like that. Uh, Then we did get a couple of counterfeits. Now, we've gotten tons of counterfeits of the flag stamp and stuff like that. I think we got three counterfeits of the express mail stamps and four of the priority mail stamps. So they're obviously not as heavily counterfeited, but they're 10 times to 25 times the face value. So we'll see what happens there. Anyway, speaking about counterfeits, are we speaking about counterfeits?
2: You're asking me? I was going to speak about the inverted overprints.
1: Oh Well, let's speak about inverted overprints then.
2: Well, the...
1: These are not counterfeit.
2: Yeah, these are not counterfeit. Um, Lynn Stamp News broke the story, oh, a few weeks ago now, and we talked about it on the podcast about the um, uh, plate block of four that was offered on eBay um, that was from a different plate than, or a different position, which signaled that there was another plate. Or, I mean, another pain that had surfaced. Of the CIA invert. Of this, the, this. Well, this is the. This would be yeah. probably not a CIA invert in the sense that that was not purchased by the CIA, but it is that stamp. So. The inverted lantern.
1: Yeah, or, so it is the $1 inverted lantern of the Liberty the, series.
2: Um,
1: or not the Americana. Liberty series, the Americana series, yeah. yeah.
2: So, in this week's lens, they now have. They have a front page story showing a strip of 20 with the plate number and the zip code um, intact. Hold on, hold on. The plate number intact? Yeah, the plate number. The plate number signal. This is the photo that they got of the thing. Now I'm assuming that this was the plate block that was offered because they say that this photo was supplied to them by whoever had.
1: Oh, so then it was broken up afterwards. Broken
2: up afterwards. Okay. But they confirmed the count and upped it from the 95... 94. And one was damaged, so 94 that were in collector's hands, to an additional 20. Because because they have the photo of the additional 20. Yeah. Obviously, it came from a pane of 100, so we will probably see those in the marketplace also. But... Um, anyway, it's a very interesting article because it follows up kind of where the other one left off. So if you read your lens um, around May 1st issue, somewhere in there, um, the, um, uh, it says the story was published on page 1, May 22nd. So it's just a couple of weeks ago. And now they have this follow-up that kind of tells the story of where this came from. And apparently this has been known to certain people since 2018. Makes sense. Yeah. So they they had that. And I think the original came out in the late 80s, right? Right. So whoever had this... Was sitting on it. Was set on it. Um, There is some evidence, they say, that um, it was available and offered... Uh, and about 2006, somewhere like that. But anyway, this, this particular uh, strip of 20 had been offered uh, in 2018 to uh, a stamp collector who, for whatever reason, didn't buy it. And we can assume from that, that was five years ago. So it's been around for yeah. A little bit of time circulating.
1: And a person who has, you know, two brain cells would have pieced out them because if you double the supply of something, which is basically what's going on, if you double the supply, then the price is going to drop. So, you know, it could very well have been that they were selling these over 10 years you know, maybe one every year, one every six months. You mm-hmm. know, piecing them out, and then
2: I don't know, maybe they died or something like that. I, I, I you know, it's hard to know. Um, there is a there is a provenance for this uh, strip of twenty that uh, the Lynn's article goes into and talks about. But I think it's it's interesting. Our friend Wayne Youngblood uh, wrote the article, and um, he speculates that. That was exactly what was happening. That there were some of these um, individual items that were going out as if they were on that CIA find, right? Rather than um, so now that people know that there's at least that going on, um, it's like what what's going to happen now?
1: Well, there was, and this is you know local even one of the inverted sheets showed up at the Las Vegas post office.
2: Yes, we heard about that. And it was burnt. Supposedly
1: was destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is where's the other one? Are there 300 of these out there or just 200?
2: Well, Wayne speculates in his article that um, these were probably all found on the East Coast because that's where the CIA bought theirs. But that doesn't mean... yeah. I mean, if Las Vegas... I don't know how they distribute the pain when they after they've cut them up, the sheets into pains.
1: Well, it came from good, a good source of information. This, this no, article? about the Las Vegas find yes. in them destroying it.
2: Yeah, it was it. a—all it I'm saying is it's very interesting that he did—he talked about the Las Vegas connection in the first article, did not in this article. But, the, but what I was getting at is he talks about the distribution of how this—these four—let's assume there were four on one sheet. And there were four pains, and so that got out. How did one get in Las Vegas when the other two were sold presumably on the east coast so it's It's one of those mysteries that we may never have an exact answer to, but apparently there's at least now well there's a for sure an additional twenty of the inverts, and it's possible that the other um what did that leave? 80. Eighty. stamps are out there somewhere. So I think we have to go on the assumption that there's there's twice the number of stamps than we originally thought.
1: Right. And you know, the question is what happens to the price? It'll be interesting to see what they sell for because uh, you know, this news um is going to affect the auction realizations on them.
2: Mm. Another another thing that Wayne talks about is he was he was starting a project where he was plating each excuse me he was plating each one of the stamps that were on the the, the ninety uh four stamps because they were perforated on the L perforator machine so that 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 means that the perforations were different on each stamp, and he right. plate it um but he gave up after a while because obviously after thirty years, you know. They just didn't see that there was going to be any more. So he has no way of knowing if these others fit that plate or not, which is unfortunate. But that was one of the things that he he mentioned I thought was interesting. And well, uh, yeah,
1: as soon as he starts plating him, he goes, okay, I've got all 94 plates or positions. Um, Here's number 95 and 96.
2: (laughs) So since the article names names, I thought we would name those names, so um, Posner and P- Gary uh, Gar- Gary Posner and Bobby Prager, Prager,
1: who are the lar- the largest that stamp would, dealers
2: in the country. Yeah, and that would be where I would go if I owned that sheet. Yeah, shock they originally shocks. they originally had it. Um, they they offered it to um, Harry Oliver, who um, for whatever reason didn't take it in 2018 and Posner told Linz that he had owned the plate block and he had sold it to an unnamed collector who consigned it to Mark Mm Eastner. so that that's the trail so it it eventually goes back to um the air dealer Nalbandian I do not know who that is and he had owned the plate Oh, of I know Oh, I know who he is. Nalbandian.
1: Yeah, he, he's one of the co-inventors of the tube song.
2: <laughs> We pr- We tried to extract a promise from Cash not to ever bring that up again. <laughs> it obviously did not work. Nope, nope. Anyway, unfortunately, he is now in assisted living, and it says couldn't be reached for immediate comment, <laughs> which is... Like saying never. Yeah. Poor, poor, poor guy. But anyway, um, they he have, he originally owned that uh, strip that is pictured, and so that is the source of the picture, I believe.
1: Well, there is a rumor, and again, this is just a rumor, and I can mention names because there's something about you can't slander the dead or something. But when Bill Langs died, he was a big um, dealer in air EFOs, your errors, freaks, and oddities, and supposedly when he passed away, which was a right around 2016 or 17. Which so the timing on this is, yeah. and also he is the type of person who would have it. Um, he had or has a lot of errors that have not. He would. Buy a sheet and sell one or two of them and keep the other 98 hidden away. And so it could be based on the timing that this was a Bill Lang's item that again was sitting waiting. It, it, so the timing, yeah, is rather odd. And the fact that he specialized in this sort of material, so if he had it. Then I could very easily see him having the entire sheet, selling some of the items and stowing the rest away. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then when he passed away, uh, somebody else got a hold of it and said, hey, look what we found. (laughs) And let's put this on the market and see what we can do. Uh, Very interesting. But again, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. When the supply of a stamp doubles or when the when the knowledge of how many of the item are out there doubles.
0: And it's interesting because the plate block was sold on eBay, correct?
1: Well,
2: it was offered on eBay. I don't know if it's sold or not.
1: No, it was it was returned to the owner. I Mark, I spoke with I speak with Mark Easter all the time, Uh, a good friend and a great dealer uh anybody who has not dealt with mark easter get in touch with him he has stuff that you know he may not have it but it crosses his desk and he goes oh you collect whatever it is i got this collection of it here and he will contact you and send you this stuff he's an incredible source of material
2: well yeah i guess uh, jock shifts is that how you pronounce yeah um Bought the original 95, or 94. And, and then um, the nine people took one stamp each, so he had 85. And um, Wayne, in his article, kind of speculates that perhaps Schiff also had this strip of 20, or maybe even the whole sheet, and was selling off the individual stamps out of it as if they were from that 85. Which um, is, I think, he would even Wayne would say that's speculation on his part. He says he might have sold several examples.
1: Well, the the interesting thing also is everybody knows this stamp because of the name, the CIA invert. Right, names matter a lot in sure. stamp collecting. The inverted Jenny. People don't refer to it as C3A. Mm -hmm. They refer to it as the inverted Jenny, you know, pigeon blood pink.
2: Yeah, Emmett's book was called Jenny with with an exclamation point.
1: (laughs) So the name matters. Yeah, big time. When half of the stamps are not CIA inverts, what does that do to the demand for the stamps? I mean, now they're not CIA inverts. They're number 277As or 2777As. I, I forget what the number is. Yeah. And then it's like, eh, who, who cares?
2: The yeah. romance of it is a little. Exactly. Damaged. Yeah. 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 To
1: call it the KGB copies. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I think, you, you know, um, think of the Panamer- Pan American issue inverts i mean they don't have those fancy names you don't get you know you they call them the pana one cent pana american yes you you are correct
1: and there are they are nowhere near Near as valuable as valuable as an inverted jenny when some of them are rarer yeah the four cent the four cent is just as rare as the inverted jenny but nowhere near the the cost. Mm-hmm. I believe there's only one pane of them, right? Hmm.
0: The,
2: the, the, as far as I know, there's only one pane, and some of them have been marked uh, uh, specimen or. I think that was like a that.
1: separate sheet after the oh, fact, or you, something. So like.
2: there was one found, and then they made the specimen. Sheet? I, I believe, gosh, I wish... you could get them you can get him both ways. Yeah,
1: there's I wish Scott was around; he could pop his pop his head in and tell us the entire story on it. But the fact is, is that the Inverted Pan-Americans, which are close to as scor- as scarce as the inverted jennies, um, have nowhere close to the value. And again, I, I contribute it to the name that generates the desire. It's yeah, like in China, the uh, monkey stamp. There are lots of stamps that are as rare as the monkey stamp. But the
2: monkey stamps is the monkey stamp, right? It's got the it's got the name and there's some kind of a story behind it, that right? Exactly. It
1: so now you've just destroyed the story of the CIA inverts. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So, Mark, you have an interesting story to tell about a stamp, though.
0: Nope. Yes, I was at Ron this past Memorial Day weekend, um, and I was. Uh, and the at the booth of uh, Dave Blackhurst, who is an avid listener of the show, and he had a collection, a U.S. collection, uh, about a fifteen-volume or so collection uh, in, in really nice Scott volumes, and um, and he had uh, he had, he was still working through it, so he had me look at the uh, at the stamps in there, and uh, uh, and the collection was pretty nice. I, I bought a uh, out of the collection. I bought a nice four sixty one, which I think is real. Um,
1: what's 461
0: 461 is that uh, is a, is a um, uh, it's kind of the scarce um, perf 11 you know two cent um, um, uh, two cent Washington so it's it's got a unique a unique um, color to it okay you know? so it's uh yeah you know, it, it's it's easy to pick out if you've seen them before and that type of thing so but uh, but on the page with the the um, with the uh, uh, coil waste issues, there was a stamp, uh, a one-cent uh, Washington that uh, had the uh, uh, written on top of it 544 with a question mark. And this is a mint stamp. Uh, and if it is a 544, um, it's a twenty-two thousand dollar catalog stamp. So I uh, I took out my uh, Unkrich, my recently purchased Unkrich uh, template. And matched it up, and the design size was uh, was spot on correct. It did look like it was perf 11, and oddly enough, it has a pinhole in the upper left corner, um, which is interesting because uh, back in the in the in the early um, rough days of of stamp collecting, stamp dealers would often pin the stamps to a you know to a board that they were selling, and so a pinhole kind of indicates. Oh, this stamp was maybe you know transacted you know years ago when and, and somebody recognized it as valuable, so I thought oh okay, um, so Dave had me uh, bring the stamp back to the um, uh, laboratory here deep in the bowels of the infotainment complex, <laughs> and uh, so I uh, I re-measured the stamp and indeed it is the it is the correct uh, size for the rotary press the scarce rotary press issue. Um, and I uh, referenced my uh, my expert's book by Paul Schmid, and it talks about the um, the spacing between the perf holes, uh, both uh, vertically and, and horizontally. And vertically, the spacing between is 20.5 millimeters. It has to be at least that or or larger. I measured the stamp, and it was just at 20.5, p- maybe 25.4, 20.45. So I thought, oh, that's good. Uh, but vertically there has to be at least 24.0 millimeters between the top and bottom perforations. And I measured it, and it's a dismal 23.3 millimeters. (laughs) (laughs) So that indicates to me that this stamp started out life as a Scott number 46, um, perf 10, horizontal coil. Uh, The uh, top and bottom perfs were trimmed off, and it was uh, re-perforated, perforated perforated eleven. Um, the the perf holes are perfect. They they measure perfect eleven seventy two on the on the uh, uh, special uh, specialist scale uh, from the Casales gauge. So uh, whoever whoever made this stamp, um, you know they they really knew what they were doing. But uh, but you can't get around the fact that it was just too small. And so it's uh, it's actually a, a four eighty six that's been altered to to look like a five forty four.
2: Yeah, but a great space filler. Yeah, it looks really nice.
0: Yep, and the uh, the color looks just about right, and uh, yeah, so it's that uh, it was kind of a kind of a thrill. But unfortunately, uh, uh, Dave, who's listening, is, is now crying. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and if uh, he's not listening, he will hear about it before we pu- publish this probably. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's a shame to him. Good, good fellow, I. Utah Stamp Show. Uh, he's always at the Utah Stamp Show, right? Yeah, he's, he's famous
0: he's the... for the the for the uh, boxes of uh, not red boxes. I think they're they're white that he uses, but basically just rows and rows of boxes of thirty cent
1: stamps. Well, every oh. thirty
2: cents. Yeah, he's also he's the president of the Salt Lake Stamp Club.
1: Yeah, I've seen him a couple times, but yeah. I've never been to his booth when he was selling stuff. But I have to take that back because I think I was once. Yeah. But I don't recall. But I uh, there are several stories that Lloyd, who works here at PSE, has brought back of going there and going through his thirty cent book boxes, and uh, finding very nice stuff because he collects uh, British Commonwealth with scarce cancels, which you know
2: most people uh, don't know what un- that is. Unless, unless
1: you're sure. unless you're an expert, right. you're not going to be able to pick these out. But on the other side, it's sort of like me with the double straight edges. It's like you get these really, really scarce things. Actually, his is better than mine because mine are truly valueless. (laughs) 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 His have some value. Uh, You know, a double straight edge. Actually, a person showed me one and said, hey, here, yeah, double straight edge. Go, Oh, cool. It shows both lines and everything like that. He he goes, uh, how much is it worth? And I go, well, it catalogs like a buck and a half, so it's probably worth 25 cents. And he goes, well, isn't it worth more? And I go, no, it's straight-edged. It's worth much less. (laughs) I just happen to like to collect it. (laughs) Yeah, I collect valueless items, I guess, in addition to everything else. Well, speaking of that, I I am doing an experiment. Uh, I don't know if I talked about this before. I bought uh, two stamp collections of U.S. number 10s and 11s, which... I specialize in 25s, 26s, etc. And these were collected by people who collected the very, very top quality. And so all these stamps were like fantastic quality. And I'm going through them and saying, okay, you think that all these stamps are fantastic quality, a total of about 3,000 U.S. number 11, 10s and 11s, and there were some 26s and stuff. There were also some 24s. Out of 2,000 stamps, how many of them are truly very fine? Hmm. And so PSE has a definition of very fine, a numerical grade of 80. And out of that, I submitted, I think, about 30 stamps. So out of all the great-looking stamps, 30 of them got submitted, and when I get them back, we'll see how many of them actually get a grade of 80 plus. And then I'll write it up in the Kelleher connection, like I mentioned earlier. And the it's already partially written. It's how rare are very fine stamps. And from, you know, working here, there what I expect to find is that very fine is very rare. Mm-hmm. It's at least very scarce. So we will see, and I will keep you updated on that as it progresses.
2: All right. One, one other thing that we, this is kind of a follow-up to a previous deal. You, we talked about how many number 10s or 11s were used in California. Uh-huh. Okay, so um, there is a lot on eBay that has a pair of number 11As. Uh, Postmarked October 1st with a pencil notation 1853, which is the six cent rate from California to Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. So, if you want to see one, that's probably the best way to see it. We've talked about singles used within the state. Yeah, which would which would be. uh, I I haven't seen one of those on eBay in a while. But this one just popped up because we were talking about it, and it's still on there. So what? What's the price on it? uh, It's starting price. It's got ten bids. It's at forty bucks now.
1: It should go to about seventy five if it's nice.
2: Yeah, and it's pretty nice. It does have the covers creased in the middle, but that's kind of normal for the fifties, eighteen fifties. But it is a commercial cover used, and I think the. it looks like it goes off in an hour, hour yeah. and a half. So by the time you hear about this, it will already have been sold. But they do appear every once in a while. And probably, hopefully, our friend who brought the question up saw the cover and is been yeah. on it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it would be interesting, though, like the three cent rate. Well, the I I'm not sure how you'd call it, but the goal or the. The interesting item would be like something from San Francisco to Salt Lake City or Salt Lake City to San Francisco,
2: that with would,
1: with a three cent stamp. That would be a they've got to be out there. Yeah, I mean it was a major hub to a major hub.
2: The, um the the problem the I've got a cover that I just purchased uh, at the last uh, Rumsey auction that is going to Hawaii with a three cent. Imper from Salt Lake. So, and yeah,
1: but that's different because it's not going to actually be a three cent rate then. No, it's, it's going to have, to have a whole bunch of postage due. In
2: no, it. no, it it has the uh, number eleven on it, but it's on a, a postal stationery. Oh. So it's paying the six cent rate to Hawaii. Oh, okay. But I've also had in my collection should be, time,
1: should be more should be four. That
2: was that was the rate. Should be eighteen fifty three, I think.
1: Yeah, it should be at least seven cents.
2: Mm, nope, I've seen two of them. Okay, I don't know why, but I've seen two of them, and that's what the rate was. Because I uh, maybe they paid the ship uh, fee uh, in cash or something. Okay. I don't know. Um, the uh, the other one was uh, I had one in my collection from Nevada. It was a number eleven, and it went to California. So N- Nevada Territory to California. Oh, that's cool. And in that period, it was probably Utah Territory. Yeah. The, you know, um, the post offices there in Nevada were um, in Utah Territory until the 1861. So. I
1: have a great cover. It's uh, got a number 25 on it. It's a ni- 1858 usage. 59, one or the other. It's a three-cent stamp to france now obviously it has a whole bunch of postage due on it but it's a three cent stamp to france so you look at it and go oh the rate was three cents to france and go yeah except you have to look over here at the postage due right 12 cents or whatever i forget what the postage due when it got there was but it was significant
2: well it's interesting when you talk about rates um i bought a cover several years ago the guy sold it to me cheap he says well that's fake fake cover because it had two um, 113s on it so it was the two cent post writer from mm. the 1869 issue and it was to france and he says uh, it, it's fake because you know the rate's not right and i said well i like the stamp so i bought the cover for like 25 dollars or whatever <coughs> the stamps were well it was a 300 400 cover because it was a four cent rate <laughs> that was the proper rate. Oh. There was a four-cent rate there, and I don't remember now all the details, but it was um, uh, brought to my attention that, yeah, they had those kinds of rates there when they were between the postal union stuff and, you know, it was cl- closed Prussian mail. I don't know what exactly, but yeah. anyway, so the, sometimes— yeah, I still
1: don't understand Prussian closed mail, what which... <laughs>
2: I am not a expert on that because there was very few very little of that that came out of the West But I saw that and I thought that was kind of interesting. We're talking about rates the other one that um, Comes to mind when we're talking about that 25 is one of my camp Floyd Utah uh, Covers has a 25 on it, which is kind of interesting just you know it was 1858 usage, and that's about right um, but a number 25 used from Utah Territory, from the military, um, that's pretty interesting, I thought.
1: Yeah, fun, funny story, because we were talking about Mark Easter. He sent me a book of number 25s, a bunch of number 25s. It had a bunch of number 26s in it also. And uh, he had, again, I bought the two collections. One of them was from him of the 2000 number 11s. And he goes, well, you know, and, you know, we're negotiating price. And they go, number 25s, I just, I don't want them. People, they're hard to plate. There's nothing very interesting about them. Everybody needs like one of them for their collection.
2: And there's enough for that.
1: Yeah. If if you collect number 11s like I do, you know, you have hundreds. You know, there, there are many, I have many friends who collect U.S. number 10s and 11s. We have hundreds and hundreds of them because they're all different recuts, all different colors. I mean, your color chart will have a hundred stamps in it, you know, all this. And uh, he goes, well, here's number 25. And I go, yeah, but, you know, you need one because they can't be plated because they're terrible centering. You you know, the odds of seeing four margins on a U.S. number 25 is pretty damn close to zero.
2: You're lucky if you can find one that has
1: all four lines. Yeah, Exactly. And then, you know, 25s, they don't have interframe lines, so there aren't a lot of recuts. They're very difficult to plate on top of everything else, so people don't plate them. Like I said, you know, you get one and you're, you're set for life. Uh, I think that the catalog value on them is far too high, and uh, there's plenty of stamps. that I think the catalog value is far too high, but that's definitely one of them
2: yeah it makes you wonder how they come to that i mean i understand that um it was just one or two plates that they used out of the printing of the 26 but or the perforated uh stamps 25 and 26 but it's still now there were they there were quite a few plates but you could yeah you can it's not these are not stamps that are difficult to find no. in stocks or in collections Um, Well, they're not
1: They're not common. Yeah, but but I still don't think that they're worth 125 bucks each.
2: Yeah, that's what you know. The cover price is what. Oh, much more. Yeah, Yeah. and and but I probably have found dozens of them that I've passed on because you just you're right at the time you just you run out of um, desire. (laughs) Yeah, unless it's like this one, which was. You know a, a Western news from a western fort military fort in the 1850s that's yeah that's, I mean that's before the railroad so that was you know four months across the plains or whatever. <laughs> well I, I just bought one
1: I bought a number 25 on cover I paid 50 dollars for it. It has a pen cancel, very very small pen cancel, no other cancel except over on the side it has RT6. And you look at it and go, a little pen cancel, RT6, nothing else. It was going, by the way, to uh, BCAN and Carroll and Company, which were big, huge cotton merchants in New Orleans. Huge, huge, huge. And you go, I know what that is. That's a Red River route cancel. Mm -hmm. Somebody put that on a steamboat going down the Red River, going to New Orleans. No cancel, no city cancel, no date or anything. All it has is RT6, just little bitty pen mark.
2: But uh, a great story.
1: But a great story, a rare, rare, oh, rare, yeah. rare item. Yep. Which, if it was removed from the cover, then you say, oh, it's a pen-cancelled...
2: Number twenty-five. Who cares? It it ends up in the thirty-cent box over at Dave's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I buy it for thirty cents
1: because I think they're worth more than thirty cents. I I was joking. Yeah, the um, yeah, I I think that uh, number tens are undervalued by a lot. Number ten A's. Uh, it's argued that they are too high. Number elevens. You got to go by the catalog. The catalog says this is for a very fine stamp um 50 they catalog 15 dollars. a very fine number 11 is worth more than 15 dollars. your average number 11 is not worth anywhere close to 15 dollars. they're like two or three dollars number 26 is uh again overvalued if you find a very fine one then you're in the right ballpark but none of them are very fine 25s too high 25a with the inner lines too low uh, especially if it's platable. So uh, that's my opinion on catalog. Once a, When they walk up to me and say, hey, Cash, can you reprice U.S. US number 10s and 11s? And <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yeah. I'll,
2: uh, I'll have a day of it. But um, Well, when all those hordes hit the market at once, they'll reprice themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, anything else?
0: Happy collecting. Yeah, Apex this weekend.
2: Oh, yes. We need your help. Nothing on the Internet is free, including our phone and Internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6, in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120.
1: You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah.
2: Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the
1: time has come to go. If this still called was found dead in his bed
0: tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time!
1: Yeah! <laughs> Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.